emptied before power. Don't miss it. Emptied before power. I want you to turn to somebody and say, emptied before power, I'm not going to miss it. Now turn to somebody else. Emptied before power, I'm not going to miss it. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. How many of you know the scripture? My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. His power is made perfect in our weakness. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. It is Christ's power that is resting on you. That when you feel weak, it is Christ's power that wants to rest on you and he wants to flow through you if you let him. You can fight against God, but I don't suggest that. But it's Christ's power that will rest on you and show you his strength. You will be emptied before power and you're not going to miss it. Amen? Amen? Amen. See, it's the will of God for you to walk. It is the will of God for you to walk in Christ's power. It is the will of God. It is. It is the will of God. And it is his power that makes the weak strong. It's good for you to be weak. Say, it's good for me to be weak. Because when I'm weak, he is strong as I yield to him. Amen? Amen. But the road to get there in the power, the road to get there is complete surrender and yieldedness to Holy Spirit. Amen. It's a complete surrender and yieldedness. And how many of you know that this is a learned thing? It's yes. something that we learn. It's something that we can walk in, but it's something that we must learn how to really truly be completely surrendered and yielded to the power of Holy Spirit because he wants more for you. I know that he wants more for each and every one of us, and I believe you, you know that too. So when God wants to use a man for his glory, he must first be willing to be stripped of everything and then die over and over again to self. Right? Before God can use us, we must be willing to be stripped of everything so, and die sometimes over and over and over again. But God wants to fill you with him, with the power of God. Yeah. When, Saul, when, when God chose to use Saul, you guys I'm sure remember the story. But when he chose to use Saul, God had to first change the direction of his path. Right? He had to first he had to change the direction of his path by knocking him off his horse. Oh yeah. And stripping him of all pride. He had to strip him of pride and he had to knock him off his horse before he could actually use this man of God. But he didn't have to only do that. He had to change his vision. Amen. He had to change his sight. He had to change his sight. Somebody get the prophetic word right now tonight. He had to change his sight. If your sight is set on the wrong thing, it'll take you off course. He had to change his sight. And the way he did it was by removing his vision. Amen. He had to remove his vision for a while so that the Lord could give him the heavenly vision. Amen. Watch what you put your sights on. Watch what your heart puts your sight, its sights on. Watch what your heart is yearning for. Make sure it's lining up with the will of God. Make sure, make sure, make sure. Amen. Amen. You see, you cannot carry the old wineskins into a new season. And we are in a new season in this church. Many of you are going to flow. Many of you that are in this 
service are going to flow with us in this new season. The season of miracles, increased miracles, increased signs and wonders. Many of you are catching it. You're, you're putting your sight on what God has showed you. You're putting your vision. You're not allowing the enemy to steal. You're putting your sight. And sometimes it, make, it takes making a declaration, I am going to put my sight upon what God has spoken to me in this season and I will not miss it. I'm going to have you say that over yourself right now. I am putting my sight upon what God has spoken for me and I will not miss it. Amen? So sometimes you just have to allow God to knock you off your horse if that's what's needed. Sometimes you have to allow him to remove whatever is not pleasing if that's what's needed and to remove distractions in your life if that's what's needed if those distractions are keeping you bound. Because sometimes distractions can keep us bound. So you must be willing for him to change your vision so that you can see what is happening right here under your nose. Sometimes people miss what's happening right under their nose because they're looking out there. But there is something that God is doing right under your nose. There is something that God is doing right where you are at. Does anybody understand what I'm saying tonight? There is something that God is doing right where you are at. Do not miss what God is doing because your sight is somewhere else. Because your vision is somewhere else. So I'm going to be focused and I'm going to be, I'm going to be steadfast. And so I heard the Lord as I was preparing for this message. I heard the Lord say to many of you, are you willing to press into me, saith the Lord, and not miss what I'm doing? This is a word almost of warning. It is a word of warning. It's a word of saying, do not allow yourself to be distracted in this season because they're the enemy of your soul is trying to pull you away. He's trying to steal from you. He's trying to rob from you. In this season, I sat before the Lord. And I said, Lord, what are you saying? This is a great message. Because he gave me the message. And then I said, what's the practical takeaway for them? Like, make it plain, Lord. Just make it plain. And this is what he said. And I heard the Lord say this. This is why I said, I hear the Lord. I heard the Lord say, are you willing to press into me and not miss what I'm about to do? And he's saying this over all of us, right? He says, I am taking this house into realms of my glory that you have not even dreamed about. You haven't even dreamed about the things that I have for you, saith the Lord. He says, those who are connected with us that are willing. Those that are connected to us that are willing, that are surrendered, the Lord has called and chosen you to be a part of this move that he is doing right here. Hallelujah! Glory! Glory! We are giving you the praise. I'm telling you, I can feel it in my spirit. And so because of that, so I looked and I thought, Lord, you know, you're a miracle working God and you've said this is a house of miracles, a house of healing. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to go over some of the miracles that Jesus did. And, and here are seven. There are many more miracles. But I'm going to give you seven. We're going to be going through these over the next few weeks. But one, he turned the water into wine. Amen? Yes. yes. Healing the official sons in, in Capernaum. He healed the official son. He healed an invalid um, at the pool of Bethesda. Amen. We know these, but feeding of the five thousand near the Sea of Galilee, walking on water at the Sea of Galilee, right. healed a blind man in Jerusalem, raising dead Lazarus. Lazarus. Come on, these are just some, just a few of the miracles that Jesus 
has performed and is continually performing them today. Those miracles, you're going to find the practical application in your life because God is a God of miracles and he's a God of now. He's a God of miracles and he's a God of now. And I believe that as your sight is set upon him and as you can see, Lord, you raised Lazarus. What are you doing in my life? What are you doing in my family's life? Because there is something that's going to happen. There's a breakthrough because there's a God of the breakthrough. Amen? Amen? And so with man, we know this is impossible. But with God, God, all things are possible. So emptied before power. If, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Mark 10. Mark 10. Praise the Lord. So in Mark 10, we read in this passage, you know, in this passage, in Mark 10, we read in this passage where Jesus comes to the rich young ruler you guys know the story, Mark 10, starting in verse 17. And when you read in this passage, you, we find, first of all, we don't know this, this man's name. We, he's identified as the rich young ruler. So from that, we can, we, can, we can understand that this was a man of great wealth. He says he was rich. We can understand from this that he was young. He says he was a rich, young ruler. And we know that he had a position of power. So he had power. He had position. So many people want power. They want position. Well, he had, he was young. He was rich. He had money. And he also had position. He had power. He also received godly counsel. Jesus counseled him. But he didn't take it. Amen. He didn't receive the godly counsel that was right in front of him. He, but he went away sorrowful. He went away sorrowful. For that, he was unwilling to let go of. He was unwilling to let go of something and it robbed him. It robbed him of eternal life. It robbed him of eternal purpose and it robbed him of fulfilling his assignment here on earth. We have to listen to this and say, Father, give me ears to hear right now. I don't want the deceiver to, to block my ability to hear what you are saying to me, Father. Because this man had so much. He had what the, what the world would say would be valuable. But this man, with all that he had, his youth, his money, his position of power was missing the most important thing. And even when he was counseled, he couldn't hear it. And he walked away sorrowful. It's a sad story. The provision was right in front of him. Let's look at verse 17. Now as he was going out on the road, one came running and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? He's a man that feared God. I mean, he was interested. And what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not commit murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. He says, you know, honor your father, honor your mother. And he answered him and he said, teacher, I've, all these things I've kept from my youth. I've been doing all these things ever since I was a little boy. I've been doing these things. And then Jesus looked at him and he loved him. And I love that. Jesus looked at him and he loved him. Jesus knew exactly what he was going to say next. But he loved him anyway. And he said, one thing you lack. Go your way and sell. Whatever you have. And give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And then he said, come. Take up the cross and follow me. Jesus looked at him and loved him, though he knew he was not going to do the very next thing that he was going to tell him. 
That's the kind of God we serve. Because there's a choice in the matter, though. And he didn't make the right choice. Does it mean God doesn't love you? Absolutely not. But does it mean that we lack when we don't make the right choice? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so... He was sad. Look at verse 22. He was sad at this word and he went away sorrowful and he had, and he had great possessions. Those possessions were not going to ha make him happy. Those possessions were not going to give him what he thought. What he thought they would give him. And so Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? You know, and the disciples, they were astonished at his words. But Jesus, again, said, Children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? He felt the need to repeat that. Sometimes, you know what, you just have to repeat something, you know, and hope that the person's just going to get it, right? Amen. He says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. I love the word pictures that Jesus speaks in because it really gives us that visual, doesn't it? Yeah. It really does. And they were greatly astonished among themselves. They said, who can be saved then? Who? Are you kidding? Who can be saved then? But Jesus looked at them and he said, for with men it is impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible for those who believe. Amen? All things are possible with God, but we, we must believe him at his word, and we must take him at his word, because we know that this rich young ruler actually walked away, and he was sorrowful. He didn't take the counsel that was right in front of him, right? He was looking for something better. He was looking for... Can we all agree that Jesus that was right in front of him was about the best he was going to get? But what was he looking for? Something better. He was looking for something else. You know, he was looking for that, for, for security that money could offer him, even though he had it. He was looking for something. He didn't want to part with it. He didn't want to part with it. So therefore, it became his God. His security was in money, or he would have parted with it. So he was, his security was in, I need to have a I need to have this for my future. I need to have, I need to have X amount. It's for my future. His security was not in Jesus. It was in money. Yes. Now God tells us to be wise, absolutely. But we cannot have our security in money. Yeah, amen. We miss the most important thing. Yeah. Saul was blinded. Now we're going to look at Saul. Because I, I compared these two individuals. The rich young ruler and Saul. New Testament Saul. Saul was blinded before he was blinded. I want you to think about that for a minute. Saul was blinded before he was blinded. He was blinded to the things of God before he was naturally blinded. Right? In the natural. Before he was blinded in the natural, he was already blinded of the things of God. And this is one of the things that as I was praying for all of you this evening and for this message, the Lord said, I want you to make sure that you bind up that spirit of blindness. Make sure that you speak to clarity to their eyes and clarity to their ears. Because don't think that this is just some Testament, old New Testament story that is not applicable for us. Oh, it's applicable. All right. And I don't want any one of you to miss out what God is doing in this season simply because you had your sight somewhere else and you couldn't see what was right in front of you. So, Saul's persistence in doing what he thought was right, he thought it was right. He thought what he was doing, he was zealous, those Christians, he was zealous. But Saul's persistence in doing what he thought was right blinded him to what was actually available. I'm going to let that sink in, for, sink in for a minute. Saul's persistence in doing what he thought was right blinded him yeah. to what 
was available to him. Yeah. That's when God had to knock him off his horse. And in time he would realize, you know, it's in my weakness that he actually makes me strong. Yeah. So you, you, can, you can set your sight on something that you think you want. Saul set his sight on what he thought he wanted. You can set your sight on something that you think you want. You can even Christianize it. I don't advise it. But you can even Christianize it and you can fool yourself. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You want something so bad that you can actually fool yourself for a while. It's because you're not really being honest with yourself, but you can fool yourself. But in the end, it leads, it leads to blindness and it leads to thievery. Like, the rich young ruler was robbed because what he wanted outweighed what God was offering and it led to thievery. He was robbed. He didn't get to receive. He didn't get to inherit the kingdom. He didn't, his money, his eyes were on, and it doesn't have to be money. That's just what the story is about. But where is your sight? What is your sight on? That's the important question that you need to set your sight on what he is saying. You know, Saul learned, let's go over back onto Saul now. Saul learned to trust God. And Saul learned that God would use him in his weakness. And that's why we, I, I say that scripture often because God wants to use us in our weakness. You may feel like, oh, I can't, good, because that's the best place to be. Saul, Saul learned to trust God in his weakness, that God would use him in his weakness. And of course, God changed his name to Paul. And of course, we know that he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. God used him in a mighty, mighty way. We still read his word. Of course we do. It's the Bible. Two-thirds of the New Testament. God entrusted this man that once was resisting him. And he says, Saul, Saul, why are you kicking against the goats? And but God got a hold of this man's heart. And he turned around and he was so zealous for God that every... He's still impacting our life today. Amen. Right? Amen. Do you know that could be you? Look at the rich young ruler. We never hear anything else from him. He went away. That was it. He chose wrong. Saul didn't choose wrong. Saul chose right. The rich young ruler chose the financial security and earthly comforts. I'm going to say it again. He chose financial security and earthly comforts. And we don't hear anything else that he did with his life. Sad story. So, I know that God is a God, a miracle working God. And what you even saw here tonight is beautiful and it's powerful, but I know there is so much more, not because I'm ungrateful, no, not because I'm ungrateful at all, but because I know what God's spoken. Oh, and it's so good, so glorious, so beautiful. But it's for those that are willing to really press in to the more and not miss out on what God is doing. God is doing incredible things. Incredible. Oh my goodness, he's an incredible God. And so I don't want you to miss what God is doing. I don't want myself to miss what God is doing. And we won't. But it does take us to be intentional. We have to be intentional. Because if you think for one moment that the enemy is not, just, not trying to snatch you snatch your heart away, snatch you away. If you don't think for one moment that the enemy doesn't try, he's defeated. Yes, he's under our feet. Yeah. But unless you're wise to the wiles of the enemy, 
don't think you would not be taken as a fool, taken in to the deception. Because the minute that you think you can't be deceived, you're deceived. That's kind of how deception works. I could never be deceived. Oh, I would never. No, Lord, search my heart. If there's any deception in there, Lord, forgive me. I want, I want to partner with you. I don't think I could never not make a mistake. Are you kidding? Lord, forgive me of my own sin and my own shortcomings. Keep me in line with you, Holy Spirit. I don't want to miss not one thing that you're doing, Holy Spirit. That's the heart. That's the prayer, right? Amen. So the rich young ruler removed himself. God didn't remove him. He removed himself. And we don't hear anything else. He's not even mentioned. Paul stayed and he humbled himself. He stayed and he humbled himself. Trust me, he had to humble himself. He was a very smart man. He was schooled from the best of them, right? He, we know what he had to go. We know what he did. And we know when he accepted Jesus... When he said, Lord, Lord, like my Lord, he knew. But now he had an encounter with Jesus. When he said, why are you kicking against the gods? Why are you working against me? Why are you persisting to do your way? Why? And at that moment, something shifted and something happened. Yes. And something happened in his life. And he humbled himself and God used him mightily. Yes. And I believe God wants to use every single one of you mightily in this church. Yes. He wants to use you mightily. But we cannot desire material increase. Like God wants to prosper us. We know that. We know that. But that can't be your focus. It cannot be your focus. You cannot be living. You shouldn't be living with that to be your desire. Oh God, I just want you to prosper. Oh God, listen, we'll pray for that. We believe in prosperity. Absolutely. But my desire is that you would pray, Lord, I just want to know you. I want to know you in increasing measures, Lord God. I just want to know, Lord God, everything you do. When you move, I want to know that you moved. When you move, when you shift, I want to know that you shifted. Lord, I want to know your way in increasing measures I want to know you God Amen. that's where our focus should be do we not believe that God that says beloved I desire that you prosper in all ways and be in health even as your soul prospers third John 2 Amen. that is third John 2 he says beloved I desire that you prosper in all ways that's God's heart for us so we know that. But he says, even as your soul prospers. Your soul. Lord, let my soul prosper. My mind, my will, my emotions. Let my soul prosper. Let that soul prosperity be, Lord, what I so desire you. First and foremost, everything else follows.